welcome one, welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for His church. It is our hope that the show will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited that you have decided to spend some time with us and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always, my brother, pastor, and friend, Eric Moran. How are you today, brother? I'm doing fine, brother. How about yourself? I'm good. I am well. So today on The Tension, we will be talking about spirit-led ministry versus man-centered program-led ministry. This is a topic that I believe is vital to the body, and it is very important that we talk about it and discuss um how these two should be in right relationship with one another because there are plenty of programs all throughout the church. There are programs in big churches and small churches and house churches. I mean, the devotional thing, I, I can't think of a church that I've gone to where they do did not do some sort of, we got to order the book so we can do the, the program and you're going to lead it. And that was pretty much it. But Really, we have the book. We have the we have the spirit to to lead us into these things. So it's kind of interesting that a lot of times we automatically go to the programs instead of going to the Bible, going to Scripture, going to the Spirit, going to God, and and trying to be led that way. So it's kind of interesting to me. And when you brought the topic to my attention, I was like, "That's actually really good." I don't know why I didn't think of that. So kudos to you, sir, for bringing this to the forefront so we could talk about it. It's, it's a good one. And uh, it's really just real life experience because the church that I'm senior pastor over, when I first got there, they had the Sunday school material and we are looking at uh, numbers being down, giving being you know solid, but not growing and looking at costs that you can trim. And here you have the Sunday school material that's being ordered. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like Sunday school material when I come in, especially if I come in and I'm reading it with the teacher for the first time. And you can tell <laughs> yeah. nobody in the room really cares other than reading it to get it done. Right. And I'm like, well, with the Sunday school material, I mean, it's a couple grand. Yeah. It's I mean, expensive. it's a business. It's expensive. And I'm like, and we have the Bible <laughs> and Derek, I mean, I know his heart. And right. so just do a little bit of an encouragement. We started doing the song, the uh, Proverbs, you know, mm -hmm. each, each Sunday. And to see him blossom and then him actually grow into being excited to share what God had shared with him. And then right. the people there that know him connect to the fact that he's growing. Right. Uh, it became a beautiful thing. So that's where the, the genesis of this kind of uh, comparison, mm -hmm. contrasting of a, a spirit-led mission versus a man-centered, program-driven ministry uh, becomes a very real question. Yeah, it does. And I absolutely agree. So getting started out, let's, let's just try and, um, put them, you know, understand both of them. So what is a true spirit led ministry? Also, what is man centered program led ministry and how are they different and how are they alike? Anytime I approach something, it's the same way that I would encourage people that are listening or those that I love that are around me. And, basically look at the words, break them down, understand what they are, mm -hmm. um, to where when we look at spirit-led ministry, uh, the spirit-led mission, we've got the spirit, which once again is going to be the Holy Spirit of God. It's holy because it's in right relationship from the Father, from to the Son, and then unto us in their finished work. Led means to you know bring you somewhere that you're being led unto. 
But mission is going to be the big word here. And spirit-led mission versus ministry becomes important. So all I did was, for all of our fans out there, I went straight Wikipedia, which means public opinion. It doesn't even mean they're right words, but it does get us to where we understand the same lingo. And when you look at mission underneath uh, the Wikipedia, you've got a noun, which is an important assignment carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes, uh, typically involving uh, travel. Number two is the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and to spread the faith, the Christian mission. Now, I, I read those two, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. And you know how to give you those options that you can kind of flip, and they're like pretty quick. Right. There was one that said, uh, it, it had a different answer, and it said this. It says that mission, this is my favorite out of them. It says mission is the ultimate goal or purpose towards which one strive. Mm. I was like, okay, now I that's, like that one. So I, I wrote that one down. Like, okay, so the ultimate goal, uh, the ultimate reason that I'm here, much less the purpose for which I was created to function should be the one that I'm striving towards. And to me, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit allows you to fall in love with the ultimate goal, mm -hmm. uh, to become part of the purpose yeah. in uh, the, this world and the lives of others. And then I get to strive with him and not alone inside of as mm -hmm. we are going. That's um, now, why is it called mission? You know, there was another one. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm wondering, you know, so it, it says, <laughs> why is it called mission? And it says the word originated in 1598 mm -hmm. when the Jesuits, which are a member of the Society of Jesus, sent uh, members abroad. It derives from the Latin missinium, which I'm probably messing up, but missio means the act of sending and mitri is to send. So ultimately, to be on mission is to be one that is sent to be a missile, which is the apostles, you know, is a missile sent. But missions mean to be one sent for your ultimate goal, which is the purpose that right. you're striving towards. Yeah, yeah. You put them together, and that's pretty powerful. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what absolutely. I pray the Holy Spirit's doing in my heart. Yeah, um, so when you take those two and you say, okay, so now what's the difference in man-centered? we got to kind of cover that. And that just means the genesis of what you do mm -hmm. is now starting with man instead of starting with God. Right. Um, if we're starting with the Spirit, he's going to start with the glory in the, in the name of God, and then we're going to grow from who God is as revelation unto us. Correct. Man-centered is, okay, but if you didn't know that or you were brand new to the faith and you were being invited into, hey, let's go to church, come to my church, man-centered means there's going to be a genesis where man is learning how to work for God or work towards God. Um, program, which is what we actually mean when we say it, is a set of regulated measures or activities with a particular long-term aim. Hmm. So activities, that are measurable, that are aimed at a particular long-term aim or goal. All right, and then it, that's that's the noun. But what does it mean? What, what as far as moving? What's the purpose of it? And the the verb was to arrange according to a plan or schedule. All right, so we learn how to program our own lives consciously. Is the sentence that's used below it to put it in a sentence? Okay. All right, so to program is to then get someone to form habits. Yeah. Um, and, and new habits are important because what you do with your habits kind of sets you into a muscle memory. So as I'm trying to put right. them in tension, looking at it, trying to be as neutral as I can, right. yeah. even looking at the definitions, we get down to, well, what is ministry in a church? Uh, you know, the little drop down. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all like in my own study yesterday. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, what is, so, I mean, when it looks at ministry for a church, it says it's in Christianity, it's the office held by persons who are set apart by the ecclesiastical authorities to be ministers in a church or who's called to a special vocation serve in a church to afford someone measure of a general recognition. And all I hear there mm. is 
pay attention to me? Well, paid professionalism. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think we've done that for too long. But for, you know, the last 80 years, you paid a pastor, preacher, right. so that you could come in underneath an understood program, mm-hmm. um, be fed in a certain way that becomes the way we do it here. That's right. and, and there's a comfort level there, but there's also boxing things in there yeah. that you start to—we'll get into that later when we talk about pros and cons or how to bring them together, but— Paid professionalism is, we'll, we'll pretend Mick is my pastor. Well, oh. we, we pay him to go witness. Yes. We, we pay him to preach to me. Mm-hmm. We pay him to listen to my problems if I have them. Y- yeah. And then you, if I pay him and things go wrong in my life, it's his fault. Uh, yeah. So you're yeah. paid to take my, you're my scapegoat. Oh, yeah. Instead of Jesus Christ being your scapegoat. Oh. And, and you're my my voice instead right. of the word of God being your voice. And, right. and, and there's, we're going to put them in tension. There's a purpose and a goal and, and both of them are absolutely important. Mm-hmm. But if you go too far on the man centered side, it, it definitely has some things that can pull you in because the biblical meaning of ministry, it says the Greek language used in the new Testament, the term always centers on acts of service to others. Mm. It sometimes carries the more powerful connotation of, the servitude or slavery to God. So ministry implies a sense of being duty bound to work under God's authority as his loyal servant. Now, do you hear how different that is from what we just said about, oh, I mean, we hire ministers to do ministry right? versus the ministry in the Bible is about, no, no, no I'm a bond servant of Christ. Right. I get to be a bond servant of Christ. Which isn't it isn't it true though? I don't mean to cut you off, but no. isn't it true though inside of scripture where it says bond servant, the word really was slave, but they trained they they changed it to bond servant because it didn't sound as harsh because slave kind of had this negative connotation to it. So they're two different words. Uh dubulos is 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 servant or slave. Okay. So a lot of times I think what you're thinking of is the word is actually slave and they turn it into servant. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay. It, yeah. You know, servant sounds like, hey, I mean, I'm a servant. Yeah. But slave is like, I, I have no rights. I, kind of like what you do in baptism, where you die to yourself and you no longer have rights to be able to say, <laughs> hey, what about me? Right. But if you didn't understand that and you are trying to encourage someone as an invitation, servant sounds better to the Western pride. Yeah. Um. Until they understand, you can't come in unless you're a bond servant. So now a bond servant or bond slave. Mm-hmm. was the one that washed the feet of those who came in. So they were the lowest slave. Mm. But a bond slave on this side of the door, the kingdom of heaven, is better than a king outside of the, the door mm. to where you come in as a bond slave, knowing you bring nothing to this totally at your service because of the gift of inviting me into the house right. to where I'll wash feet, which right. Jesus revealed is an important element of this. And then... There's the progression inside of scripture that says, right. now you came in and you were a slave, yeah. but now that I've told you the plans of my father, the yeah, plans aren't yeah. told to the slave, they're told right. to friends. Right. So now you become a friend, but right. what is the gospel? The gospel is, no, no, friend, I need you to hear the plan of my father, and that's for you to take me as your husband, and mm-hmm. you become my bride. Yeah. So you receive a new name from the father, now you're a child of God. Right. And, and, and that progression there starts with, Right. No, you have to have a broken and contrite heart. No, you don't bring anything yeah. to this. I mean that that is the that is the truth. I mean you're not. It's not something that you're making up or anything like that. You you don't do anything for like you're not you're not putting God on a higher echelon or tier because you joined His team. And there's only one way, <laughs> right? I mean it's either true or it's not. 
and you can point your finger at the other monotheistic approaches to one true God, right? But they submit, yeah, and and they understand that they're servants of God, right? Um, where we've lost that, we need to regain it, right? Well, I mean, that's the well, that that's the grace part of it, though, is you get something that you don't deserve. But if you go neo grace, then you think you're entitled to it, and it leads you to not actually understanding that no, you've been freed so that you can be a servant, so that you can well, yeah. serve, serve and worship. Yeah, but I, I think what I'm saying is, is looking at grace through the proper lenses, mm-hmm. through the through, in the right relationship. Like, yeah, that is where you start. Now, it's like anything. If you go neo whatever, it usually creates all kinds of problems, but. At the same time, too, it is important to say that that is grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. That's the truth of it. That's the truth claim there. Now, don't turn it into more than that because then you're going to you're gonna get outside of what its purpose is and what its function is, I believe. I mean, that's where that kind of—I don't know. That's kind of my opinion on it. What do you think? So I think grace is misunderstood. I, I think that it's all grace. Yeah. Um mercy is being compared to grace there to where the fact that you were born is pure grace. Mm-hmm. The fact that you need to be forgiven is mercy. Right. So a lot of people think that in the old Testament, when they received the law at Mount Sinai, they received the law so that they could try to do it, to be saved. And it's like, no, no, no. He'd already saved them from Egypt. Yes. <laughs> he'd, he'd already in his gracious choice chosen them. And the reason that he chose them is because there was a promise already made in the sovereign foreknowledge of God right. to where you're a product of who he is and what he is doing. Mm-hmm. And when you fall in love with that, you lose your entitlement, you lose your rights, you lose the things that you war against. Right. Um, but the grace, it, it's all grace. So even the law is not to restrict you. It's for you to understand how to enter into that grace. Um, the reason that you need that mercy. But you're not, everyone has received grace. Just and the unjust have received grace. They right. only they only breathe by grace. They were only born by grace. Oh, yeah. Um, so to fall in love with grace is a love relationship versus a law relationship. I mean, right. the law relationship requires mercy. Yeah, the, absolutely. The love relationship allows you to know mercy to where you fall in love with the grace in a, in a, in a right relationship. Right. Um, but I, I think a lot of people think when you receive Jesus, you receive grace. And it's like, no, no, when you receive Jesus, you receive mercy. Well, yeah. Uh, everyone has been born of grace, and some of them, some, some, most, many are disrespecting that grace, and they'll, they'll have to answer for it without the mercy of Christ. Well, yeah, because they're misrepresenting it, I think. I mean, that's, I mean, that's my opinion of it. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it either, by any means whatsoever, right. totally have. But there's a difference, like, like you were telling me, when you learn something and you learn a new layer of the onion, you then become responsible for what you've learned. Mm-hmm. The re- when God shows it to you, there's a reason that he's shown it to you, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's going to get any easier, just spoiler alert going ahead. I mean, you need to be cognitively aware. I mean, the, and I don't want to get too far off of our topic and where we're going and all that, but I do want to share because I think it's important. And we need to be throwing it out there as well, since we're talking about the programs and stuff like that. But we need to be active in the things that we are viewing. We need to make sure that we are not just viewing them solely as entertainment and not 
checking them at the door when they come in because this is where you get into a lot of problems. You need to take the, you know, writing your theology in pencil, not saying that you can't learn and grow from it, but also at the same time, too, you need to be careful what you expose yourself to and what you're involved in. And if you're not constantly, um, like I said, checking it at the door, you know, you're putting stuff in your mind that you don't really realize you're putting in your mind, and it will war with the truth that you find inside of Scripture. It's like when I watched uh, Thor the other day. As I was watching it, there were things that came up, and I was thinking to myself, man, if I hadn't checked that right there, I'd be fighting that in a couple of days. It's just the way, you know, between the imagery and the message that he's that he's sharing, it just goes, it goes totally against what I believe. But if I wasn't, but if I if I wouldn't be in the bouncer at the door of my mind, going, why would they put that in there? Why would they put that little seed of doubt that there is no eternal reward that the gods are just doing things that that they want to and they don't really care about man? And I thought to myself, I was like, man, that is just so neo-christianity it's just it's not that's not the god that we serve that's not the god that i understand when i when i look at scripture and it's because it's secular culture right so it's not sacred we're moving back towards a secular culture but that means that there's gods that are in control of the secular culture that are being worshiped by the masses and the good news is that's when we blossom the best because now they're being entertained right. by these messages mm-hmm. and a spirit-led person on mission is going to be able to be that polemic. They're going to be able to say, hey, did you hear that comment? Why do you think that's in there? Right. And then by birthing a question for them to think about because God's already laid on your heart to lay things down in this world to be prepared to ask that question because you've already processed that, that, that relationship and that question. Mm-hmm. Um, becomes the real relationship because can't remember if it, it was at one point I realized that you really can't I couldn't fathom heaven mm. in other words like no murder no mystery yeah, right. I mean I mean there's mystery but not like I'm thinking like somebody did something wrong and nobody knows <laughs> what it is and we're trying to figure it out and yeah. somebody got either you know violently hurt or sexually abused or yeah, we're not uh, talking about clue you I, know. I, everything that I watched was like it's got that element and I don't even know right. how to like 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 I would watch the document the discovery channel and it'd be like the earth with all the beautiful stuff you know right. like, okay this is as close as I can kind of pretend to figure that out and I'm watching all these beautiful colors and I'm like yeah that's God that's God it's like, but there's no plot. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, but I mean, I, and so inside of that though, it yeah. made me at some point, just like at, at one point I realized I, I am finite, I'm limited. And I knew all this football garbage stats, whatever. And I, I prayed to God and meant it. And he honored it that Lord, take away all this knowledge of football and fill it with knowledge of you. And then I, once again, went after him in his word and continued to live that spirit led relationship. Mm-hmm. And he did, I don't remember any of those stats like I used to, yeah. but he filled me with things that I say that I didn't know because it's just something that in my filter, he continues to grow who he is right now. Later on in my life, I'm having this occurrence where I'm watching TV and I've read, I think it's Spurgeon says like, if people would come back to church the way that they worship the things they do in between church, right. they would be, they'd have a whole, totally different experience. And I'm butchering that, but basically he's just yeah. saying, you know, we, UGA was worshipped yesterday in oh, Athens, absolutely. Georgia. I mean, face paint, food, jolliness. Yeah. Um, it, to the core, it was yeah. idol worship. Yeah, fanatics. Now, 
where is that in my heart for God? It doesn't right. make them wrong. It's just a reminder for me to where I should have that glow yeah. every day for what God has done. Now, they have this number one championship team. They've got 40 years waiting on it. I mean, it's the best time of their life, oh, right? Absolutely. That's how I should read my gospel. That's how yeah. I should see the story of God. That's how I should see the gift of my life. That's how I should understand it's all grace. Right. So that when I start to live the life that I live, I'm thankful. And when I struggle, I know that there's a purpose because that's what he has said. Mm -hmm. And then I'm Christ-like because in my suffering, I know that I can depend on the Father's name because of the power of the Holy Spirit to where when I read the Bible, it becomes alive. When I read yeah. different Christian you know, theologians, it, it becomes alive because I want to have conversations with those that are in, in my sphere of relevance. In other words, it doesn't have to be just people that believe the same way as me. Right. It could be people that are diabolic, diabolically opposite of me. Right. Um, and I love that. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to be Jesus. I'm, I'm here to tell you about what he's done and how it's about his father's name. Right. And then see what the Holy Spirit does. It becomes the big story. It becomes, so when I think of heaven now, yeah. it's my brothers and sisters without all the pushback. Right. Yeah. So then everything is the gospel and you do have all of this. Right joy without the garbage because you start to see the garbage as garbage you start right. to hate the sin the way the father hates the sin um not, not i mean of course i'm not i'm not saying that i hate the sin the way the father hates the sin because he does it in a, in a much more holy way than me but i'm starting to see things i've never seen before and that's the big story right well you you see it you see it to a degree the way that he does i mean it's right. you're able to recognize it now you're not blind to it you're not oblivious to what's going on you there is a there's more of a part of you now that internally feels like, no, this is wrong. Organically like, growing. Yeah, organically. And it, it may be bite-sized pieces, but like I said, progress is better than no progress at all. But did we? Did you answer how to get back? And I'm sorry to go off chasing a rabbit there. but So we define the terms. We define the terms. All right, so how are they different and how are they alike? So, I mean, putting them together is to try and put them together for the good of the relationship right is is so and as you continue to listen when we talk about the biblical you know definition in the hebrew of good and evil good is good because it for, it performs the function for which it was created yes evil would be that which does not produce the function for which it was created or perform that, that that function all right so when we talk about putting them into tension that's to put them into a good relationship a functional relationship which it was created and sent for correct all right, so to be spirit-led inside of that relationship, it's from Yahweh, by his Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. through the work of his Son, which becomes my ultimate goal and purpose towards which I ought to strive. Yes. All right, now putting that all together sounds like a mouthful, but it becomes simplicity when that's the truth. That, that, <laughs> like, like what I just said is where it all starts. Right. It's where I can return to it any time that I get overwhelmed with the complexity. When I uh -huh. turn back and I say, it's still for the Father's glory. Yep. Whether I lose, I'm going to gain because he's teaching me right. through my weakness and failure. Mm -hmm. But in my weakness is his strength is what the Bible encourages me. Correct. The Holy Spirit reminds me of that because of the faithfulness of reading his scripture enough to where he can use that sword to, to fight against that that negative thought or, or that what's going on in my heart. Mm -hmm. Well, the only way that that's available is through what Jesus Christ has come to do so that I can be like him in other people's lives, including my own. And now that's my mission. So 
when you're talking about putting that into right relationship, the thing that I look at is individually and corporately in the Old Testament, God changed the one birthed by the Father through the unique son that was a con artist, messed up trickster, Jacob. Yeah. So that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, right. Turns him to Israel, and right. Israel means? To strive with God and strive with men. So if we're going to say a spirit-led mission, mm-hmm. individually and corporately, mm-hmm. it should be one that strives with God. Right. Okay, because that's the God part. Right, yeah. Right? yeah, right? yeah and yes. then when we get to the man-centered part, okay, that's going to be strive with, strive with men. Correct. All right, so that's kind of just what God did when I was looking at it. It's like, okay, so inside of Scripture, that, that would be my, my bridge. Yeah. All right, so when I look at the fact that spirit-led mission would be a mission about God's name, just like Jesus, by the same power that raised him, greater in me than is in the world, here I am, send me. And then yeah. all of a sudden I start to see and hear things that I didn't before, right. which is my opportunity to move, not move, realize I should have right, yeah. be able to be used and not even realize it. H- however that plays out. All right. And fall in love with the fact that it's all revelation. All right. But then when you're going to say, put them in tension or make it make sense. Um, if I'm going to invite somebody to church, mm-hmm. uh, the man centered, meaning it's something that even lost people can connect to because they're all they've got is themselves at the center. They don't have right. this relationship with God. Right. So now I'm striving with people that don't know God. Mm-hmm. So, programs is basically a microcosm of your work environment or your school environment to where you're coming to learn about Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to go to work or you're going to have to make some effort. Right. They kind of understand that. Mm -hmm. And then when they come in, you've got age groups, you've got similar lifestyles. You've got, to me, that's kind of the part, the programming of the body that like minded, like people like, like, you know, going through the same life experience. We have common, common things. There you go. Yeah. So when we're going to struggle together by putting them in some a structure that's a program, mm-hmm. which is something that has activities that are aimed towards achieving a long-term goal, right? All right, it's measurable. Yeah. So when we look at that and we say, okay, here's where we are, here's where we need to be, here's the health of the church, that to me I think programs is, is useful for. But what will happen is we'll lean on that and we won't – encourage people to have the moment by moment dependent relationship to where the spirit is life and they know who they are in the kingdom. They become consumer church goers that then say their preacher said that they're okay. And they believe that. And then they see some type of growth inside the program so they can point to some, some growth. So you're saying that they, they look to the program more than they look to the spirit because they can justify where they are. And it feels good to be able to see you've grown. Yeah, it's sort of like saying, well, I'm in step five. I can see that I'm in step five. Right. Step five describes where I'm at. How many Christian books are seven steps to whatever? A lot. All right. And no matter what, you can work to seven steps and you're still just as jacked up as you you, you began. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. have learned seven things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't take that away. And you have supposedly <clears throat> tried to attach them to life you've kind of worked a workbook you've done you know right. you've, you've met with you know like-minded people on mm-hmm. women's ministry or men's ministry and you've come together so you have learned some valuable valuable things true but it hasn't come in it hasn't come to the nothing else matters but you and god right nothing and until you love god more than your wife your children your grandchildren Football should not be this high, much less before anything else, even right. your own life. Yeah. He has to show you the pain in all of those to where you'll let go of it. Right. 
So then you're like, well, why does life suck? Because God is trying to show you the pain that's in between you knowing that it's really all just about eternity and your relationship with him. And this world by grace is showing you the separation. It's allowing you to feel the separation. Aging is grace. Mm -hmm. Death is grace because you're going home one way or the other. Mm Mm-hmm. You may not mean you're going to stay there, right? but ultimately the story is, no, no, this was a revelation of the separation to test you to know what was in your heart. Do you love me? Right. Because if you love me, you wouldn't be the consumer that you are. You right. wouldn't need the things that you need. Right. Um, and the only way we can learn that is usually through purging, testing. Well, it's kind of like you told me that a lot of the times it's people not realizing that they have an eternal desire trying to be satisfied by material objects. Right. And and that's what it boils down to. And the reason that when you get one thing and you're, you're excited for it, you know, you're excited with it for a couple of minutes, an hour a day, whatever that may be by the, by the end of it, the new wears off of it. And then you go, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I need to get? But really, if we, that's the jumping from material to material to material, but it still creates an empty void inside of you. That's where the eternal, the eternal hole and desire is coming from, that if you had God, he would give you those things and all the other things would kind of fall to the wayside. You would start to realize, you would see the value of the material things and you would say, this really, I can't take it with me. You know, all I can do is enjoy it while it's here, but you know, God forbid, what if my house burns down? What if, you know, a hurricane comes? What if a tornado, what if a tree falls on it? You know, then what do I have? I don't have anything, you know, and then I'm, I'm back to, well, I got to get more stuff. And you could spend your whole life chasing those things. You can. From well, someone and a, that. And a lot of people do. From someone that's had house fire destroy everything and a flood destroy everything, Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina. Yeah. The thing, the the best way that I can do this is that illustration that I had yesterday. And you just said from material thing to material thing and the material things, if you find your identity in them are either going to give you false assurance or you're going to have to continue to work for something you feel you don't have, which is fear, emptiness, insecurity, shame and guilt, because shame, I don't have them. Guilt, my family doesn't have them because the only reason material things are here is for you to have relationship with the one that allowed you to have the material things, Mm. i.e. God. Yeah. And then how you share those material things with those closest to you all the way out to the fringes of if you see someone that doesn't have a coat and you've got four in your closet, that's sin. (laughs) So, I mean, and and to start having that understanding of relationship being primary versus things being primary goes back into an illustration that God showed me yesterday as I was like literally sitting out in the fire truck while the guys went in to get the food. But in our culture, I want to, I'll give you a, a contrast or an illustration. My mind works in illustration. So let me ask this. What is the difference in the way we treat having an imaginary friend mm-hmm. and the way we treat as a culture holidays? See, because here's the thing. So um, if, if, if your child comes in and says, I've got an imaginary friend, we have been taught to crush that. I mean, she, she's talking to the <laughs> devil. I mean, we don't know what's going on, but whatever you do, don't talk to that voice. Don't, don't do that. Right. And, and we're warned against it. Now, I, I still think that that should be taught through the gospel. I still think you should have really good conversation with your child or, you know, someone younger that says they have an imaginary friend. Right. But I don't think it should be crushed, and I think it should be encouraged, and I think you should be able to use the gospel to point back to the fact of the difference between these two. So. 
compare compare the the reaction of hey mom i have an imaginary friend mm-hmm. i gotta get him a counselor i gotta go to the church i gotta i mean i gotta get the pastor involved all right now compare that to our yeah. culture that says we're going to corporately celebrate a bunch of imaginary gift givers yeah who only come now and then mm-hmm. and they expect you to leave them something mm-hmm. and you never know what you're going to get yeah oh yeah and it hinges on how good you perform yeah all right so that's like all the false gods in the bible right all right and but as corporately people will fight and defend that's christmas or you know uh, who, who are you to talk about Halloween? And it's like, well, I mean, it says all oh, hellos Eve and you're going to like dress up and put on a mask, which Jesus called hypocrisy. And I mean, I don't know why you would want to be pretending like you're someone else instead of working on who you really are. Yeah. Um, we wear a mask every day. Let's take that one off. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, the kids in the candy. It's like, well, my kids, we just made a deal that the day after Halloween, I'll buy you all the markdown candy at Walmart you want. Like, I'll buy you the good stuff. You know, Reese's. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, the good Snickers, stuff. all that stuff. Yeah, the stuff that people like stingy on. Like, give them one of those. And so, the first one was okay. So the first was someone who was not seen, right? Imaginary. Mm-hmm. All right, but. It was someone that was always going with you. Right. And it wants to hear from you. Right. And it's not about gifts of anything material. Yeah. But it's all about relationship that doesn't hinge on anyone else or anything else. Yeah. They're really there to know that, know and feel that they're not alone in the world. Right. Don't you think we connect that to the Holy Spirit? I mean, don't, don't, don't you think you say, now, baby, your imaginary friend, you know, the Holy Spirit has been given to walk with us and to counsel us. Right. And Jesus came and mm-hmm. did what he did mm-hmm. so that we could have that same relationship that he received from the Father right. because he was never alone and nobody could understand him. Nobody could hear him. Right. So even when you feel alone, you're never alone because I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Yeah. Even when you say nobody can hear you, God hears every word that you ever say or think. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Yeah, this is beautiful. Instead, we need to get that out of him. That might yeah. be the devil. <laughs> However, definitely got to take him to church. But please, 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 don't crush or take away Halloween. However, did you lose a tooth? Because there's a fairy tonight that's going to give you money for that tooth. <laughs> now that's that makes sense. I mean, oh, oh, no fight over that. What what about the bunny? Yeah, well, I don't know what we're talking about. The bunny is the thing on the resurrection. I mean, like. So what I do at my house on Easter is I buy them. I, this is the greatest thing yeah. ever. I mean, once again, I'm looking at the scripture. How do I tie this to the gospel? I know. I'll buy them the biggest chocolate bunny. has to be a bunny. Chocolate bunny that I can find and a hammer. So what we do is we wake up and we destroy the idol of the Easter bunny for the glory of God the Father through Jesus Christ. And we mash it up. Still tastes the same. Still tastes just the same. <laughs> but instead of being something that pulls you away, it pulls you towards, and we can come up with ways to make anything attach back to the gospel if that's what we're really thinking about. Yeah. I mean, no, you're not wrong at all. It's, it's actually a really cool thing. I think I'm going to start implementing it around my house, actually. Christmas became about things. I'll never forget. And, you know, we, our kids were older, and I'm not saying anybody needs to do what we do, but we were coming back from my wife's mother's and my kids were absolutely just into the material side. They wanted to go home so they could go to bed so that they could get their presents in the morning. And I'm like, you are the most ungrateful kids. So that same March, I run into toys that haven't even been opened like three months later. 
And I'm like, okay, no more of this. From now on, I'll give you five, $600 a piece. You have to tell me what you're going to spend it on, and I'll give it to you on Black Friday after my favorite holiday because it's kind of hard to mess up Thanksgiving. It really is. Yeah, I, well, I mean, if you want to talk about killing Indians, it kind of makes it rough. But yeah. it is a holiday to be thankful for who you are and the family that you've got around you. Right. And it's so easy to tie to the gospel. I mean, it, yes. it's absolutely no, nothing in between. Yeah. Um, gluttony might need to come up. But other than that. Yeah. It, in race, it, there's there's a time to steal and the time to, 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 you know, build. There's a time to break down. There's a time to build up. Right. And, you know, I don't know if there's a time to steal. I, yeah, but I anyway. don't think so. I don't think that's how that goes. Well, I steal out of the kingdom of darkness. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can phrase it the right way, but no, I didn't mean it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, back on track. When it becomes the one thing you love, mm-hmm. it becomes the one thing you do. Yeah. And when it becomes the one thing you do and the one thing you love, it becomes the one thing you think about. And then you're not always in competition with the TV shows yeah. or the things that, that the, the, the football games. I'll watch a football game. Don't get me yeah, wrong. There's not anything wrong with it. But they're kids yeah. that have their whole life in front of them. And, and it, it just helps with perspective. Yeah, it does help with perspective. So let me ask this. Is there anything good about man-centered led ministry? And can any good come from man-centered led ministry? The answer is it, it, it's hard to hold on to because if you remove the Holy Spirit, a lot of programs keep going. You know, that's one of those sayings. They, they've right. got it, they can say it better than me. But basically, you know, God's Spirit makes the church, but there's a lot of churches you could remove His Spirit and they would continue to be in the same that they've ever been. Yeah. Um, now, with that critique, like I said, I, I do think that there's a, a, a purpose in programs. I think there's a comfort level in pastors when I sit around, you know, tables with other pastors. There's some that that's what they were they were born and bred on. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get it away from them. Right. So I can encourage them to then push towards the spirit led mission out of that ministry. Right. And I can put it in attention to where they can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. And, and it not be you're wrong, I'm right. Right. It's, hey, those programs only matter if it leads to a personal relationship that is the breath that they breathe. Right. Um, Now, on the other side, if you've got a relationship with God where you go, you hear a lot of people say, well, I don't have to go to church. I don't need that program. I I don't need to go down there. And it's like, well, you you were never created to be outside of the body. Right. Um, It definitely takes a hard tension. I think that the bigger the numbers get, the harder it is to maintain. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like Awanas and things like that. If the it it doesn't really matter what it is. You could take the Andy Stanley approach, where he's like, "Hey, we want to let the college kids and the people know that we're just as able to celebrate and 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 have a good time with entertainment." But during the week, there has to be a discipleship group inside of a geographical area, and that's great as long as you have God gifted men. And each one of those cells mm-hmm. to be able to do that discipleship, it works. Right. So on paper, it looks great. I mean, yes, I, I I like it on paper. Yeah. But every time I've seen it applied, I've never seen it work because then right. you get offshoots of people that don't know mm-hmm. leading people that are being invited with questions of the world that they've never thought of. The programs make you have a security that you should find in God. I agree. However, the program could be what teaches a spirit-filled person how to lead their mission. Mm. Um, Just like when I came into the church and I said, you know, I I look at who Derek is and I've heard Derek's heart. Mm -hmm. My first thing was like, take that program away and let him have the Bible. Yeah. 
And then God did what God did. Now, if, if it was a different person, I may not have had that inkling or I I may not have that leading right away because that person may need that program to be able to sustain that group. Mm -hmm. And that's where other Christians should be pouring into that person through that program to let go of the program and move into that personal relationship. But I, I, I think there's a purpose. I mean, I think there's a good tool in it. Right. Um, but it can't be, it can't be the goal. It can't be the ultimate goal for which we're trying to go after. That was mission. Right. The ministry cannot become the mission. Right. Your mission is to be a bearer of God's name. Oh, right. Well, that's what's going to sustain you. That's why, that's the God. That's, that's, that's why we're here. Right. Well, I mean, I agree with that. And I, I think I was just more or less asking because I mean, we've seen so many, so many different people because. You can have a group of people be in one inside of one program, and then it turns into well, this means to me, da 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 da, right. and then you know, so it, it kind of becomes too open ended. But then again, you begin to put maybe too much stock in what it means to you versus what it should mean to everyone, because that's the the ultimate goal is the unity inside of it. I mean, if you you look, I mean, I have another question that kind <clears> of <throat> hits all over this, but. I think it boils it it boils down to my next well, my next question which would which would be how does man centered program ministry war against spirit led mission if I'm sitting around the table with other pastors and you know we're talking about the love that we have of God and then how are you sustaining things in church or maybe God's moving in one of the churches and it's like hey you know how how is that happening let it right and if you like if you turn to me and like yeah, well, Rick Warren said such and such. It's like, never mind. Or, or Andy Stanley, or Charles Stanley, or Billy Graham, or I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not saying anything about what man's name it is. As soon as your answer is, oh, so and so at such and such does this, and I'm seeing growth out of it. That is, you've got a consumer base that likes that platform, right. and you're filling a feel good niche so therapeutic mm-hmm. moral moralistic therapeutic deism mm-hmm. is, is you know what the gospel coalition a while back tim keller and matt chandler and ultimately they put these three words together and said most of your program driven ministry is moralistic therapeutic deism if right. you think of sunday school if you remember going to sunday school mm-hmm. it was moralistic meaning you better do right yeah. don't do wrong yeah. those people are wrong you're right this right. is how we act cuz this is who we are mm-hmm. and you you're going don't ruin your witness cuz that's the moralistic side of it right. all right so moralistic therapeutic now the reason you're going to do these things and look good for everybody else is so that you feel like you're going to go to heaven and we feel like we're better than other people and right. as long as you're doing good you feel good yeah and and then you grow up and you're like yeah but i don't feel good about myself and I do have all of this baggage and I am right. broken. And so, but in, in, in the immature stage at the time, it's good. And, and and so if I'm talking about young Sunday school, it works with the child and it works with a brand new adult. That's an infant in Christ. Right. But when I was a child, I thought like child yeah. reason, like a child, but I have to put away my childish things to where I actually understand hope, faith, and love. Right. Um, the grace of these is that God actually loves me and yeah. I actually love God. That yeah. happens to be, I don't first commandment. Yeah. yeah. So when you enter into that, then it's like, okay, so the program can then war against the individual that's trying to grow out of the program because now you're not what we do here. Right. Uh, and, and then you end up with 
a church that sees people stepping out inside of different mission opportunities that tear at the seam of that corporate church because some people say you shouldn't be messing with those kind of people and other people say no that's exactly who jesus came to mess with and you've got some people that are being called in their individual spiritual walk to step out of just going to church and actually making spiritual impact while those that are in the church feel like you're you're making them feel less threatened so and so and so and so such does such and such yeah well i don't know why they're always doing that i mean you know what we were doing we were doing this yeah and and as soon as that starts on on either side right that's that's the war Um, to me that's the war is they don't act like we, we like we act Jesus walked with 12 guys, and when they got to town, they went 12 different directions. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, hey, uh, I'll meet y'all at the coffee house. All 12 of us will sit over here and talk about what we talked about while we got here. And then we'll sit here and we'll talk about everybody else and how they look. And then we'll talk about it when we leave. And it's like, <laughs> no, I, I think we're supposed to disseminate and understand that God does not want you to just hang around like-minded people. God does not want you to just hang around, quote, unquote, church people. Cause right. They see you out there, your witness is going to be ruined. I mean, I don't know. It's like, no, no, you should be free of the opinion of man to the point that you don't use your freedom for yourself. You use your freedom for the glory and name of the Father. Well, yeah, it's sort of like I read in the Freedom of Simplicity book where it talked about the dogmatic person can't see the diversity in simplicity where the person who is... um but then the other person can't can't see the the other side of it, which is oh my gosh, what are, what? How did he put it? I would I had this in my head and then I totally lost it. The dogmatic person cannot see the diversity, and the other side, who is more of the individual, can't see the unity in the simplicity. So where you have because they they put more of an emphasis on themselves, so that's where the question kind of came to my mind if we're operating in the in the greatest commandment which is love god with all of your mind body and soul and then the second commandment which is like it love others like you love yourself the man centered ministry can lead to a man or a woman to be double minded where they're still placing emphasis on themselves um wouldn't wouldn't this leave the person being led by programs and man-centered theology in conflict with the spirit with that being i think jesus came and taught and then exemplified both and so in other words he came and he taught against the dogmatic approach of this is what we think the word of god says this is the rules we've made if you're going to be us right and he says if your righteousness doesn't surpass what the, the pharisees and the sadducees are doing with it They've made up all of these man-made laws right? at the cost of the simplicity of my father's law. Right. So Jesus never broke the law, but he was known as a lawbreaker by those dogmatic religious because he wanted them to see the comparison of, no, the simplicity of loving God and loving others at the cost of myself. I can't be wrong if it costs me for my father's glory. Can't be wrong. Yeah, amen. So— with that said, you go to the simplistic side and you look at the disciples. Well, the disciples have to now be prepared by Jesus to 
break their pride. Mm-hmm. I don't know about these other 11, but I'll never leave you, Jesus. Yeah. No, Peter, by, you know, this morning, like this one, this one right here, yeah. you're, you're going to leave me. He's like, no. He's like, yes. No. But he had to fail right. to be restored yes. for Jesus to leave him prepared. Correct. Everything you go through, if it's at the cost of yourself for God, will be leading you towards that ultimate goal, which you're striving towards because of who it is and who and whose you are. Right. With that said, though, it's so easy to be distracted because then Satan can't take what God gives you because greater is in you than is in the world. He can't take it from you, but then he can distract you with pride mm-hmm. or unworthiness, doubt, fear. Um, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. Right. I mean, it says it right there. But yeah. then once again, he, Matthew 6, anxiety, stress. Well, if you were seeking first the kingdom of God and who you are in it uh-huh. and right relationship, yeah. the rest of this would add itself to it. But what you've done is you've come in and then you've lost it. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the growing process. I can't, I can't bring you in and make you Superman and give you a cape right. or else you'll eat up with pride. Yeah. But I have to let you go fail. Mm-hmm. But when you fail, you have to actually learn to trust me that even through your faithlessness, I am faithful yeah. to where that becomes part of the relationship, too. So when you realize it, all you got to do is be like, dang it, did it again. But <laughs> turn your face because I'm still the same I, without a shadow of turning. You're learning, not me. Right. You're, you're, you're gaining, not me. Right. So then we're back to what love means, which is loving the other one for their own good. God is allowing you to do that because he loves you for your own good. He's allowing you to fail for your own good. Mm-hmm. He's allowing you to have success for your own good. Mm-hmm. And the reason you have way more failures than success is because you can't handle the truth, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, 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 but when you fall in love with that's what he is doing, right? you realize who you are and you stop kicking against the goads mm-hmm. and you start to fall inside the integration of your mind, your body, and your spirit. And become more like Christ. I mean, that's that's the goal. That's that's right. That's the mission. Well, you don't need you don't know that you need to grow unless you fail. Yes, and <laughs> I mean, and life wouldn't matter if you didn't die. Right. Exactly. Do it more. It's sort of like the illustration you used a couple um, episodes ago, where it's talking about if you could go on a trip but you couldn't remember it, would you go? Right. See, I mean, it's an interesting question, but also at the same time too, I don't think. I think that's why with this huge movement of trying to absolve yourself from any kind of suffering or pain or, or hardship or anything like that, I'm thinking to myself, like, how does that help you at all in your relationship with, with trusting God and growing? But- it's not new, and it's definitely the deception of the deceiver that's been deceiving from the garden. You can be like us. They were created in the Elohim's image. They were created to be vassal kings and queens here on earth in other words have dominion over the earth have dominion over the animals have Mm -hmm. you are my name bearer my vassal right but then you have the divine council elohim saying i mean he said if you eat this right (laughs) and while he's chewing you know i'm sure you misunderstood him you do know that we're part of his divine council because i mean the people that are reading the the torah or 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 living through the writing of the torah Moses is attributed, and, and, and without getting that rabbit, long story short, Moses was raised in Egypt. It goes back to the Egyptian gods. A serpent-headed man eating an apple is an Egyptian deity. I mean, half man, half animal, right. looking at Adam and Eve, well, looking at Eve at the time and saying, 
Are you sure you understood God right? Because <laughs> I'm eating it and I'm not dying. And he just knows that you'll be as wise as us. You could be just like us. And right. all, all she's saying is doubt comes in that maybe I'm not worshiping right. I would love to be part of Yahweh's divine counsel. I'm, yeah. I've been given this status, right. but now it's not so cool because that status is even better. I mean, right. that's like, hey, man, I'm going to give you a college scholarship. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. But Mick, I'm going to sign you a million-dollar contract to the pros. Wait a minute, I'm better than Mick. He should go to college. I should get the million dollars. Now, before the million dollars was on the table, that college yeah, that you, college you was a great. Sweet deal. Yeah. But in comparison, so we would have done the same thing. It's not about, oh, look at Eve, and it came through women, and women are weaker. It's like, no, no. The, the, the point is, we would all fail. We all have fallen and, fall, and failed. Right. To where he would reveal who he is. And, and that's, that, that would be to chase another rabbit. But, man-centered programs are the same thing as habits and you going to the gym or you saying this is what I'm going to eat and packing your lunch tomorrow to where you don't get sidetracked with all the options because you have a program that is centered on what you're trying to accomplish in your own power. Bam. Yeah. Boom. All right. Now there's nothing wrong with that. It just no. has to have the ultimate goal of doing that right. being spiritual worship. Doing mm. that is my act of spiritual worship. I'm that makes sense. laying down all the other options that people enjoy because this is my ultimate goal. Right. And I'm doing it for that. And, and in right relationship, mm -hmm. everything else is added to you. Um, or you end up with the 300 pound pastor telling you about discipline and you're like, um, <laughs> I mean, I might be lost and I might just be like a thinker, but maybe you should work on some discipline. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it it's the marrying of the two because you are going to be sent out among the wolves. They right. are going to say things like that to you. So yes. get buck up, pastor. Yeah. And when they say it, you've got two options. You can ignore it and say, oh, no, Jesus loves me just the way I am. Okay, that may be true, but Jesus also said to steward your body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the one that destroys it is now accountable. And you could skip that part if you want. Yeah, but if I'm a lost person and I know the Bible, the only reason I've read it is to point that out to you. Well, I mean, right here it says the homosexual is like, I mean, I'm an abomination. Well, if you eat shrimp or you wear clothes knitted together of two different fabrics, so are you. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, maybe, maybe I got to go back and ask somebody what that means. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you you do have to be careful. You have to be careful with it because sometimes you don't really realize that all you're doing when you come at it from that stance is giving someone ammo to shoot you with. And you're not, you're not prepared for it because you're so busy focusing on them when really if it was suffering is the universal thing that unites us. I mean, believers and, and, and non-believers, I mean, and everyone in the world really, we're like, we all suffer in, in some form or fashion, but I do... I do believe that it's a lot different when you're coming when you're coming at someone versus I'm sticking to the program because I need I know that I need changes in my life that would help me lead into being more disciplined and stuff like that. More people are people are more inclined to jump on with you if you're trying to make changes for the positive in your own life and they say, you know, I need to work out too. I need to skip skip out on the fast food and stuff like that. I'm encouraged by the fact that you're trying to be more disciplined instead of saying, you need to do this. Uh, I'm going to go hit the buffet. I've seen many people look at a man 
come into a golden pantry or, you know, convenience store Mm -hmm. and say, man, I wish I I looked like that. Mm -hmm. And then they watch a commercial that says in 90 days, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is buy four months supply of this. And in 90 days, you're going to look like this picture sizzling hot, just like the guy at the convenience store. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. I saw the other day. So when they sell this to you, it creates rapid weight loss to where you lose more muscle than you do fat to where now you have less of a demand and you end up being trapped inside of your want to have something you're not willing to work hard enough and long enough for, even though you saw someone else's hard and long work Mm -hmm. and you end up trading in what you could have over time to the lie of convenience. And there's no such thing as an easy way. Right. Now, the only way that this matters is a man-centered program of ministry and a spirit-led mission come together when you realize, what does it take to, to have a kingdom? I know that I've taught this over and over and over to make so. It takes a people, a place, and a king. A presence. A presence. Okay, so presence people, place, king. and presence. So God's designed three over one, three persons, one God, all equally God in right relationship for the full understanding of what God has revealed. Correct. All right. So as a kingdom, you have a people, a place in the presence of the king, one kingdom. All three are equally important because mm-hmm. you have to have all three, but they have to be in right relationship with no separation to be a undivided house that can stand. Correct. All right. Now, if I was to say you are a kingdom. Yes. You are a temple, which is a place. Yes. You are a people. You are both you and the Holy Spirit. Correct. And where there are two, you already have a witness. Jesus is the the, the, the first of, of this creation. Amen. And then he turns around and he says, and you have the presence of God in you. That's what makes you a temple. So yes. you are a kingdom. Yes. Meaning you're a vassal king. Correct. Meaning that I have signed on to my vassal because of who he is and agreed to his terms that I will do what I'm supposed to do in his image inside of my kingdom. Correct. So instead of buying this 90-day commercial, maybe I should actually just one step in front of another worship him each day as my spiritual act of worship and actually just change the way that I live into a new lifestyle, change the reason I do it to worship in service of a greater kingdom to where I don't care what you think I look like. So mm-hmm. I don't have the standards of TV. I'm not looking at the guy coming in a convenience store. But what will happen if I do fall in love, love will lead me into all of the change that I see in my body and that I experience in my mind and that I get to experience as I grow into him. And I become thankful and confident in the kingdom name of my Caesarean Mm -hmm. that I'm responsible for, which is my mind, which is my body and my spirit Mm -hmm. offered to him because of who he is and what he's done. Right. And then everything is worship, and you're, you're back to why are you reading what you're reading? Why are you watching what you're watching? Right. Why are you eating what you're eating? Mm-hmm. Because you are what you eat. Yeah. You are what you read and you, and you look at. You're running it in your filter. You're learning. You're a learner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say you're going to be a disciple. He says, no, no, you, you can either be my disciple or you're a disciple of the world, the flesh, and the devil. But yeah. you are a learner. You are a disciple. One way or another, yeah. It's either or. So we're talking about man-centered programs. The reason they call it programming on TV is you're being programmed. Absolutely. There's no, but can you turn around and watch Christian programming? Absolutely. Yeah. That's how easy it is. So the heart has to change and it has to come to the end of itself, which is the spirit led part. But I do see that the, 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 the tool or the purpose of finding good, healthy programs that keep you inside of a habit. Yes. I mean, that, 
And that's what I was saying about earlier. I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with watching a you know a Thor movie or watching football or anything like that. But also at the same time too, like be aware you are consuming, you are learning. Like you're whether it's stats, whether it's the plot line of a of a movie or whatever it is. I mean, you are intaking information, and there's only so much information that we can you know take in because we are creatures we're we're human beings you know some more than others but that's why i was saying it's important to be aware of it while you're while you're doing it don't just be mindlessly sitting in front of go ah nothing bad's going to come from this da, 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 da. i remember calling calling you and saying that there were kind of like rogue strange thoughts that were kind of coming to my mind and i i didn't like them I mean, it wasn't i wasn't a fan of it at all by any means whatsoever because it was just so radically different from where i was trying to put my mind inside of thinking about about things and you were and that's when you brought to to my attention you know well are you checking stuff at the door when it comes in or are you just kind of just letting it go in there Mm -hmm. and then what you're seeing is the manifestation of the other things that you're consuming it's literally warring against what, what the other things that you're putting in because that's the tension of it so but if you're if you're not if you're not checking at the at the door it it's going to create it's going to manifest itself one way or another and then you're going to but you won't know where it came from it's because you let it slip in through the back door you didn't let it you didn't check it when it when it didn't you know didn't seal off that side and i and i think that we need to be more aware of that especially nowadays i mean because we see and it's encouraging in a sense because ever since a lot of the messages that they've been trying to shove down the country's throat now i mean there's been a group of people who said i mean we're simply just not going to stand for it it's gone too far and what we're seeing now is how much we've let we've let in and let slip past unchecked and i mean they're going to take it as far as far as they can take it and and unless <clears throat> and it's the same thing for you individually as it is much for every for the for the for everyone else. Amen. I was hoping you were going to do that with it because if you just look at the news and you're worried about what's happening in Washington D.C. and you say, "Oh, look at those people out there," and yeah. and, and and that's a distraction, right? Whereas if you are a kingdom, then the only reason our culture has gotten so far out there is because individuals have allowed themselves beforehand to get that far away. Mm-hmm. Um man-centered programming you've got celebrate recovery let it for eight years it's got the books that you work through and you go into the small groups when you you work through this and you got a sponsor one-on-one person that you can talk to so it does have some structure that then leads you into relationship but number seven is your spiritual inventory right i had three people in nine years get past step seven in an honest way wow all three of them, God did amazing things in their hearts. And the step is make a spiritual notebook, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you back into the things that are in your heart. Make amends with those that you need to make amends unless it would make it worse. Right. All right. So if you're growing in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he starts to reestablish your kingdom, yes, you could be giving new footholds. Right. All right. That's the way the scripture would refer to it. But say you're growing and you're actually in love with God and the strong, the footholds aren't the problem. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit's still got to lead you back into regaining all of the things that you have allowed him to take foothold in before. Right. So even if it's not ongoing, what I'm watching now, it is things that hurt me when I was 
this age, that age, this age. Right. So you're supposed to go back and make amends, even if it's with yourself and your heart, mm -hmm. to be able to tie that niche up to be able to understand what it was, not trying to blame whoever. Like, in other words, if it was your mother, or your father, when you go back, you realize they were just as confused as I am, but the Holy Spirit's allowing me to see it in a different way right. so that I can lead my children, grandchildren in a different right. way. Out of a thankful heart, I can see the truth with the Holy Spirit being led by the Spirit for the mission of becoming whole right. so that the power can flow through me right. into the man-centered ministries that I go to right. because I'm trying to pull them into an individual Spirit-led relationship. Right. And, and it can be worked right, mm -hmm. but the majority of the people there are going to like the comfort of the structure of the man-centered ministry, and that's that's the weakness is the comfort level of it compared to the, wait a minute, if I do that, God could ask me to do anything. And it's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, totally that's, good. That's exactly right. So what, are, what do you think are some more of the long-term problems or difficulties that have arisen due to so many different programs inside of the church? I mean, obviously that's one of them, but what do you think is like – there are any more that you, that come to mind? I mean, overall in my heart, we've made it about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what they've done out there or back then. Mm -hmm. Instead of realizing that it's one message that's eternal, right? And there's one baptism, one Spirit, one one truth, one so. It's no different today than it was when Jesus walked the earth to when Adam walked the earth. Well, after the fall, when Adam walked the earth. Right. To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul is to be reestablished to a relationship that it's about him and his glory. Right. Once that happens, you need to understand what Christ has done so that he can take your stray thoughts. He can take your shame. He can take your guilt. He can take your your questions, he can take your railing, he can take your depression, he can take your and he can take your pain that you were a victim of back when he can take the fact that other people have wanted other people instead of you. He can take whatever it is that you haven't been able to get past. Right. And you get to be able to receive a new name. You get to receive a new mm -hmm. starting place. So from that point, this is just as alive and real inside of your heart as it has ever been. Yeah. To where now it's not something you read about back then. It's something that was done across time mm -hmm. for you to engage and enter into. So when you enter into it, it is, no, no, no. When you read Christ in the scripture and it doesn't have the name Jesus, they could have wrote the name Jesus. It's saying, no, when you could be Christ or Christ did this, he's saying Messiah did this. So you can do this as a Messiah, mm. not as the head. But as part of the body, right. you could do greater things than me as my body if you'd fall in love with who I am and what I've done. But the reason I did it is so that you can be like me, not right. so that you can point to me and say, well, when he comes back, I'm going to heaven. It's like, no, no. When he comes back, he's going to ask you what you did with what he gave you because you were given a mission that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the only person that didn't apply that to their programs and their habits was you. Yeah. So it's either you love the world, so you don't have the love of the Father, or you did not have someone encouraging you to realize the gospel is not about just what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have done. It's about what the Father, the Spirit, and the Holy, what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have done, so that you can be part of the kingdom right now, 
The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled. All you have to do is turn and believe in who I am. But when you believe in who I am, you're going to become like me to where you're not a sheep anymore. You're a shepherd. Right. Those who enter the door become a shepherd and the gatekeeper opens and closes and they come in and out of the one true door to find good pastor in the heavens and in the earth. Because in the heavens, we received what we don't deserve. And in the earth, we're not entitled to what everybody else thinks they are. Yeah, so I want to, <clears throat> I do want to hit this because we, we reference John 10 a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really good, good passage. I don't know how much of it you'd want me to read, but in, I'll just kind of, kind of go and you can stop me whenever you think that it's, it's, it's good enough. It's sufficient. But it says, truly, truly, I say to you, he, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. The figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. You want me to keep going? Keep going all the way down to... Through 8 to 18? No, probably at least to 11. Okay. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by... By me, he will be saved, and he, and will go in and out and and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and kill and destroy. I came, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right. So there is no if there. It says I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Sorry, now, my text is so small. I oh, you're good. I couldn't yeah. read it. So, so ultimately, when you're looking at that life in verse 11, that word life is psyche. It's, it's mind. It's, it's the mind life. It's the way that you think. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down what he thinks for the sheep. When they ask Jesus, why do you do what you do? He says, I, look, I do nothing of my own accord. I only look and listen for what the Father would have me to do. For who? Those that I'm here to seek and save. Well, why don't you judge? Because I'm not here to judge. I am here to seek and save. So he is the good shepherd, the one that's looking for the sheep. Now, when we go back up to the top and it says, verily, verily, those who do not enter the sheepfold but climb by, it says that they're a thief and a robber. And then Jesus repeats that down in uh, verse 10. But what you need to see about that is a thief and a robber. One is passive and one is aggressive. So Mm -hmm. if you come in and you're like passively following God, or you come in and think you're the one that's doing it for God, right. both of those are going to be the wrong way. Yeah. So what it does say is, it says, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. But who's the door? Well, down here it says, I am the door. Mm-hmm. So when I enter the door of Jesus's finished work, mm-hmm. the bloodstained door, I become a shepherd of the sheep. I don't come in and get to stay a sheep. Right. When I come in under his leadership, it's going to motivate me into the leadership of those around me or else I really have not entered into the finished work of Christ. Right. Because as I enter, the gatekeeper opens. Well, if Jesus is the door, the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper because he opens the door of Jesus back unto the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through to the Father except through me. So through the door, 
gatekeeper Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for the presence of the Father to be part of his kingdom. Right. Tracking? Yeah, All right. Yeah. So when Tracking. we do that and we say that the sheep hear his voice and they call him out and they lead him, mm-hmm. that means that as a shepherd, yeah. they're going to hear the voice of God starting to come through you in a different way that to where they hear the change in you that they want to be like, not because they want to be like you, but they want to be like the chain. Right. So you're pointing outside of yourself unto God, they are seeing that direction and they want to be part of who he is, not who you are. Right. All right. So that gets away from the Andy Stanley or the Rick Borden or the Matt Chandler or the Tim Keller. And I love Matt Chandler and Tim Keller. However, when, when you, when I say that, I don't believe in them. I believe in the power of the Holy spirit and the finished work of Christ. But when he says that you're going to be able to go and the strangers won't know your voice, that gets back to you don't need to be following strange voices. Right. Um, you need to be in, encouraging others to be aware of the voices that they pursue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The man-centered, program-driven ministry, one of the greatest failures is we put on a performance by a paid person on Sunday morning. And we've stopped even having Sunday night or Wednesday night service because nobody wants to actually do anything other than come to the paid performance so that they can check off the fact that they went. And that's not going to be enough. No, I mean, that's why you you go out kind of feeling un, unsatisfied in a sense. I mean, that's sort of the way. And, and even last night when... After I got home and doing all the crazy stuff that I had to do and getting a new phone and all that all that crazy stuff, which is an absolute nightmare, by the way. But at the very end of my day, I remember telling my wife, thinking, I'm I'm excited to go to church tomorrow. I'm excited to be a part of that because at the end of the day, going through all that stuff, I was like, man, I like I don't care. A lot of this doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know. Like it just doesn't matter, and that's you know that's where God has me right now. And I was like, I can't wait to go be a part of the thing that actually matters. To go learn, to go be around people that are that are like minded, and not in the same sense where every thought we have is the exact same, because that's what makes it beautiful is the diversity inside of it, in inside of the unity. That's that's what makes it wonderful and going back to and Andy Stanley and Matt Chandler and all them I am I am sure that if you went and asked them do you think that you're the way the truth and the life they would all say no absolutely so I mean and that's the thing that's why we're, we're trying to point out eventually that there's nothing wrong with going to scholars or preachers or any, anything like that and having and having their opinion and having and digesting it and thinking about it and all those things but at the end of the day it matters how the spirit leads, what Jesus says, and what the Father wants and what the Father wills. I mean, that those are the things that actually matter. And if you have someone who says something different, I don't know how you're still there. But they've gotten really good at disguising it, though. I mean, I I can't sit here and say that I haven't. There's been plenty of people. I mean, you have a lot of different sects, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses, whether it's um, what's an, what's another one. The Mormons, Mormons. I mean, they, they, they. It's their view or no way at all. Well, I mean, everybody has that tendency. So, well, yeah, that's true. That's fair. I, I, that's I will. My fault. No, 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 no. That's nobody's fault. Every. I'm just saying, if if you're saying that I have the way, the truth, and the life, that automatically makes me feel that same way. Now, I, I shouldn't. I should humble myself and make sure that I spiritually care enough to where that's not 
what you feel. Right. But I have to believe that or else I don't believe what I believe. Well, Jesus didn't Jesus didn't crush people with it though. Right. At the same but he time. fully believed. You know, he, he he fully had no separation of his assurance yeah, at the he same was aware. time. <laughs> Acts 19 is the last people group that received the Holy Spirit inside of you will be my witnesses as the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, the ends of the earth should have been the Romans, and that happens in Acts 10 with Cornelius. But in Acts 19, Paul finds some, you know, of John the Baptist's disciples in Ephesus. And when he found some of the disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. <laughs> Why? Because I believe in John the Baptist. Right. So that's the same thing as Andy Stanley. Or my, if right. you were to ask them, go read John 3 and listen to what John the Baptist says. He's like, I must decrease. He must yes, increase. Yeah, yeah. And look at the teammates, John's disciples and the Pharisees. <laughs> there's some teammates right all, all of a sudden they're teammates why because they're still doing expecting what they're doing to pay off and they look over at jesus disciples and they're like they're not doing it how come they don't have to do it <laughs> i mean he's over there baptizing is like that's okay. the comparison thing again so the comparison thing becomes this exactly where we were at before though so if i compare what i have to you right that's easy for me to deal with if i compare it to god <laughs> I automatically become deficit. Right. So if your faith is in the fact that God loves you at the deficit mm. and that you're saved, mm. you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because you know you need it because without him you have no life. Amen. Jesus says they didn't understand to begin with about the door, and he says, but I am the door. He repeats the fact that those who came before him, they, whether they came passively making it easier, whether they came really religious and hard, it really didn't matter because if you'll enter through me, you'll be redeemed, you'll be saved, you'll be purchased. Right. And you'll be able to go in and out yeah. of the door yeah. to where you're still you. Yeah. You are still you. But you're not I, me, you're now we, me, because right. you'll never n not be in me. Mm-hmm. And when that, when that starts to be something you start to ask questions about, and you start to struggle, and you start to understand that you need to understand it says, here's what you need to know in the next verse, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Okay, so steal, kill, and destroy. What's the difference? Steal is to distract or to sway. Right. Kill means to... Destroy means to annihilate, not there anymore, non-existent, doesn't exist. Right. Whereas kill is the violence against, attack. Right. All right, a war, like you were using before. Mm -hmm. All right, so... The, the enemy has come to deceive and distract, to let you know that there's a war going on inside of yourself, mm -hmm. and eventually, it costs you everything. Right. But I have come that you would have life and have it abundantly. Right. All right, so to have life abundantly, if I have a cup, yeah. and it runneth over yeah. because of its abundance, yeah. okay, I would have to take a pitcher yes. that has four times the amount the cup will hold. Yeah. And then I pour it in wherever I start until it starts to overflow out of abundance. Right. All right. So I've come so that, not that you'll be filled, that I'll keep pouring into you to where I am so much bigger than you. I will fill you and then just pour out of you because of who I am. Right. So I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm not trying to hide from you. Mm -hmm. I am not the thing you have to wonder about. I will make myself known. Mm -hmm. I happen to be God. You don't know it's me. <laughs> I'm not going to create a war that doesn't point to what you need to lay down to be filled more and more. Right. So when I kill something or I tell you to kill something, I'm telling you to kill what is 
drinking that 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 abundance. Right. I, I want to get rid of it so you can have more and more. I'm a God that gives, not a God that takes, and I'm the only one. Right. Because this isn't leading to annihilation; it's leading to eternal life, and you're part of it now inside of a process inside of time, mm. so that that overflows into other people. So if you're not preaching gospel to yourself, if you really don't believe the message to right. where it fills you and it overflows because you can't believe what you've learned, right? Then it's selling you short, and someone is, someone is I'm trying to think how to word it. Yeah, because I mean. It, it doesn't have to be with malicious intent. You know, it doesn't have to be against you anymore. There's not many people that are taking the time to disciple because everybody is worried about going after this world with their time. Yeah. I don't care who you are, and I don't care how far along you are with God. The thing that we all struggle with is our time. Yes. The more that you have to make cuts for spending time with God, the more it becomes simple because the complexity is trying to do all those things in that little bit of time. But when you stop trying to do all those things, you've got plenty of time. He's the one that created it, mm-hmm. and you're, he's outside of it. And, and at this day and age, Jesus took 12 men, spent time with three, and changed the world. Mm-hmm. We think we have to have 3,000 people to be successful yeah. and a certain amount of money. And it's like, okay, get away from that being the goal. I'm not saying that that's not a beautiful thing to have that many people professing believers right. in a spot that has enough money to be able to do things other congregations never could. So I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is the average person is falling in the cracks because it's not about a one-on-one disciples making disciples. Right. Which is the design of the Bible. Yeah. And it's become a lot of programs that we depend on. We depend on the results that we're looking for instead of depending on God to reveal results we could have never fathomed. Right, yeah, and I, I do, I do see that too. But I want to bring up again because you kind of brushed over it, but I want to, I want to kind of put it, magnify it a little bit because it's really good and really, really interesting, and it, I've thought a lot, a lot about it, and it does a lot of good. When you were talking about the I me versus the we me, and doing giving the presenting the gospel to yourself just as much as you present it to other people but taking that new understanding of we of we me you know not being alone mm-hmm. and inviting i me to the table through things that have happened in the past or or that are happening in the present whichever one they are you can you can go at those things you can have a completely and totally different conversation it's very it's very opening because you're not you're not ignorant anymore your your mind is being transformed and you can go back to that and you can minister yourself in that spot and and see the trans transcendent progress that you've been on the entire time because you're always progressing one way or another whether that's in your relationship with god or your entanglement with the world you're progressing now good or bad progress you know which they either one one of them will be one way or the other but and you see a lot of that where people are talking about healing and stuff like that now and and the mental health and all that which i i totally totally agree with i think it's wonderful that we're trying to focus a little bit more on people's mental health but also at the same time for christians i think that's a new way that we could kind of 
bring to the forefront and kind of tell people like, have you ever tried to do that before? Instead of just saying, oh, it just happened and now I got to get over it. No, invite, invite that you that was broken down, used, abandoned, filled with anxiety and depression, all those things and have a conversation and say, yeah, that happened. But what was God trying to show me? What was, how can I grow from this? How does this affect now? What can I take away from this now while God is pouring into me as I'm, as the holes are being plugged up and not going off into these other, filling up these other cups, but it's just God pouring into me until I'm completely and totally overflowing and it's coming out of me. There is a lot of healing in that. And then you find purpose inside of the pain instead of just pain and resentment. You actually do something with it for the glory of God. It's not, it's not against you. It's for you because it's about magnifying him and growing closer with him in that personal relationship. wheels turning up there and see it well and back to the three but yet one design of god when the old testament was about the father everyone talked about the coming unique son the messiah and they talked about it by the power of the holy spirit but the holy spirit and the messiah really never talked about the father when Jesus Christ was here, he never talked about himself at all. Every time you asked him about him, he would say, I only look and listen for what the Father would have me to do. I have no authority of my own. Why do you come to me? I'm not your judge. Now, my Father will send me back as a judge, but right now, that's not why I'm here. The it's only like reason I'm here is to tell you about the name of the Father, right. by the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the finished work, he's going to have you enter into this i'm praying that you get to enter into this same relationship mm -hmm. so then in the finished work of the father we have the holy spirit and we're like i wonder why we don't know anything about the holy spirit because the holy spirit doesn't want you to know anything about him that's not what he's here to teach you about right. he's here to teach you about the finished work of the father and the son at the cost of himself mm -hmm. jesus christ was here to teach you about the father's name and the holy spirit at the cost of himself right the father sent his son to be the angel of the lord the minister of right. me the word that then becomes incarnate right. by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can know me, mm -hmm. but I've sent them in my state. So stop living for yourself. Start living for God and others. I'm pretty sure that's the first and second commandment <laughs> in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And right. inside of that childlike understanding, he's saying, when you stop living for I, me, and you understand you were never created for that, that's a mm -hmm. lie. You were never meant to be alone. You were never created to try and make this world fill you. You were never created for the things that you were pursuing. When that becomes real and you start to say, I don't want to continue to disintegrate. I don't want to continue to yeah. be complex. I want to have simplicity. I want to be what I was created to be, good, i.e. I want to right. be able to join then everything is like when you pull a plug in your in your tub and the, it makes a little tornado when it goes down. Mm -hmm. All right, there's one hole, mm -hmm. but there's water spinning. Mm -hmm. All right, the three persons yep. are spinning into the one hole. Right. All right, so my mind, my spirit, and my body mm -hmm. are spinning into the one door, right. which is Jesus Christ. It happens to be the way. It happens to be the truth, and it happens to be the life. And inside of this dance... That's not about me as an individual, but it's about God and what he's always been doing. That's sucking me in, in you know, in, 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 in integrate, in, integrating, is integrating me into that kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
I am being led by God into a relationship I don't deserve mm. that he has done everything for me to have to where I have faith in him and not myself in this world. And when I fall in love with that, I become more and more and more like him and less and less and less eat up with all of the things that used to be able to steal my heart. Mm. Or I continue to add things that steal my heart and I can't even do the things I already have to do because I don't have time because I'm trying to do all these different things and I can't do any of them. Anybody heard of, I've got too many irons in the fire to where I can't do any one thing. Right. And we start to live being pulled further into expectation, further into man's approval, further into what you cannot do because it's a lie. Right. And the more you live for the lie, the more you disintegrate. How? As it tears your mind, your body, and your spirit apart. Yeah. If you live like the world, you have to justify living like the world in your mind. You do which means it's a, ultimately a spiritual truth and you've got to try to ignore it and run away from it. And you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it, that is our mental health. Yeah. You want to know how to get rid of addiction? Love somebody instead of yourself. Yeah. The reason that you're doing it is because you were created for that love, but you're not receiving that love. So you can find a fake way to purchase it, but you can't keep paying the price because you don't have enough in you because you're finite and limited. You run out of your resources going after something you were created for but you were being led by a lie mm -hmm. out of the abundance of my heart. The overflow of his life that he came to give me mm -hmm. becomes what all that other stuff was trying to be that wasn't. You'll never be satisfied without Christ. And in Christ, you'll be satisfied because you already are a miracle. Out of the abundance of what he's done, I get to be who we, me, is for the rest of eternity only by the grace and mercy of God. Yeah, it, it, it boils down to, and it's like I shared on Wednesday and shared with you, the, the statement of you're either working in vain or you're working out of love for God. Because at the end of the day, if you're working and all those things are working together, then you become grateful with the time that you have and the things that you're doing. But if, I mean, either way, you're going to work. You just have to figure out and you have to, it has to be in your mind somewhere. And, like you said, you're either going to suppress it for as long as you can, but eventually the question's still going to pop up and you still have to address it. And you have to go, man, I've done all of this for like no reason, basically. I've done this for things that won't last. I've done this for a body that's not going to keep. And I've done this for a mind that's slipping away and that's fading. And the older you get, the worse it gets. But I think that's why the older you get, you start to see and appreciate the simplicity more than the complexity. You don't want to learn the new thing anymore because you, you you like this thing. I like the way it was before because I understand it and I know how to do it. But at the same time, too, the world is progressing and the world is moving forward. But the the truth is, is that if you are operating out of love and doing things because of everything that God has given you that you don't deserve through his grace and through his mercy, you can truly do things out of a grateful heart. And you're not doing things just because you're doing them because you think that they matter and it's going to preserve the lie that you're trying to sustain currently. I know we're kind of off topic as we go through this, I but I mean, so the righteousness, the righteous shall live by faith over in Romans one is what you make me think of with the suppression, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the deutimos. It's the power of God for my salvation for everyone who believes Jews and then Greeks. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith unto faith. Okay, so 
when I have faith that it's all about him mm-hmm. and I actually have faith yeah, and my mind and my body are living out of that faith as service and worship, right. then that faith enables me to have more faith in another area that I couldn't have had until there's step stage under stage. Right. But it says the righteous shall live by this faith. So in other words, my life is living inside of that stage, you know, that, that, that up, tick that that going through the 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 leveling up of the stages of the time that i'm here to trust him more and more to where i start to see the 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 holes in my thinking over and over and over because it says the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all godliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth all right so there's coming a time when the wrath of god is going to be poured out wholly Mm -hmm. But while we are here, the wrath of God is being metered out to weigh your heart on who you have faith in, the truth or the lie, mm-hmm. the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. And what you're doing is suppressing the truth by your ungodliness and your unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. All right. So if I suppress the truth, if I take a two liter of Coke, mm-hmm. uh, well, Dr. Pepper, it's better. Yeah, I, Dr. Pepper, not, not because it tastes, well, I mean, I'm, I don't care about the taste. Dr. Pepper will explode better. It's it's way more volatile, right? Yeah. All right. So they have taken carbonation and suppressed it inside the liquid. Yes. Now, as long as the cap's in and they've got that suppression, it's in the natural liquid form. Correct. Now, if I take that two liter and kick it around the floor and shake it up and then hand it to you. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's still in there. Yep. You might have a little fizz on the top. Go ahead and release that pressure and see what happens, though. Yeah. Because the carbonation has been suppressed as long as you've got the power of the cap. But as soon as that cap's removed, oh, it's coming back up to the top. Right. So by your ungodliness, in other words, making you God and not living for the one true God, mm-hmm. you have the unright relationship compared to the right relationship mm-hmm. to where, I mean, I've worked all my life. Where is God? He, I'm entitled to this. Yeah. How could he let my loved one do this? Where did, where did you get all these promises from? Yeah. Where, where, did you have, where did you put God into your debt? Right. Instead of you living in his. Mm. And it's it's always going to be the, the upside down perversion yeah. to where we say it's an up down upside down world now. But that's the, the secular versus the sacred. However, as long as you keep suppressing it, it's taking all of your mental capacity to keep that cap on. Right. It it's keeping all of your physical time and, and, and effort stress kills. Mm-hmm. And and you can see somebody that looks 60 when they're 40 mm-hmm. and whether that's drugs or whether that's just pure working themselves to the bone to chase a lie that never pays off they wear themselves out because he's stealing and he's killing and he's destroying and you see the evidence of it mm-hmm. because they got to keep that cap on side of their thinking they've got to keep that cap on side of i've got to stay in shape so i can live forever mm-hmm. hey dog you ain't gonna live forever no if i keep doing this and this and this yeah I will. the magazine said such and such it's like it, it it reminds me of the Ricky Bobby quote where he was like, Ricky, you're not going to live forever. And he says, well, I believe with uh, my level of income and the uh, modern day's uh, technology, there's a, I probably live about 300. <laughs> you know, it's just, but it, it goes right into what you're it's saying. Foolishness. It, it is. It's foolishness. And, but I think, but this is the difference though, being led, led by the spirit on spirit mission. What I'm trying, what I was trying to, with that rabbit, you know, circling back, not cutting me off this time because I said that, but circling back to it is that when you're being led by the Spirit on this mission, these are things that you have to address while you're on mission because this is the only way. This is the 
part where it's relational, it's 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 personal, that these things have to be addressed, they have to be dealt with so that you can be poured into so you can pour into others. I mean, that's where it all goes back to because eventually the program's going to end and a new thing's going to happen. And the only thing, your only option is by the program-led man, man-centered thing is to go back and start repeating the steps again. But you've already proven the point that that's not enough because you're having to go back to step one again. You're, you're, so really all you're doing is going, hopping right back on the merry-go-round to go around it again or wait for the next volume to come out. But really, you've already seen the manifestation of completing the whole entire process still left you suppressing the truth, still left you in the same spot that you were trying to avoid originally. And that's because you're not you're not sitting down with the we, me and the I, me and letting God tell you what the truth is and going, you know what, you're right. And I need to do something different and I need to be led by you because this is for me, for your glory. As your vassal, you being the Caesarian, I am to be like Christ. So that means you have to decrease so he can increase. And the decrease increase, and I'll, I'll close with this as far as my side. The spirit-led mission of Jesus mm-hmm. was to be born and die. Yeah. The spirit-led mission of me we, me, is to be born again through that same spirit and then be led to die willingly laying myself down knowing that physically I've only got a limited amount of time because I was born to die. Now, I was born to die regardless. Mm-hmm. So if I never get reconnected, reestablished, reborn inside of that relationship with God the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will have perished, meaning, you know, perishable fruit. I get a banana. It's it's green, but it's created to be delicious and to be able to give nutrition, and it has a purpose, and it turns yellow, and some people like it at that stage, but it is ready and ripe, and I can eat it, and it would be exactly the function for which it was created. Then I could maybe have too many and only have eaten two out of six and they start to get the brown spots and this is actually when science says they're actually best for you so then i can turn around and i can make um what is the the pudding you know i can make banana pudding out of it and and usually they use the the the, the older ones for that because it gets whipped up and you don't really know the difference but either way it still has a purpose right even though it may have been a little bit later Mm -hmm. but it still has purpose but if those two bananas are forgotten about and i go work another 48 hour shift and i get home and they've turned black yeah. It really doesn't how long, matter how long I leave them on the counter. They are just going to continue to perish. They're going to continue to rot. Mm-hmm. So now you were created with a function. I was created with a function. And maybe we weren't ripe until he started to, to show us the pain. Right. But then when we became beautifully ripe, maybe we still, we didn't have people encourage us. We didn't have anybody walk alongside of us. We, 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 we rebelled. And then we become a little older with spots, but we still got time. Oh, yeah. And God says, I mean, I don't really care if you do it for a day versus 100 years. I need those that love you to see that you've been changed because that's what I've done is it's for my glory to be made known. Right. But if you wait long enough, Mm -hmm. you're not promised tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And when it's done, it's done. And that's what God said. Yeah. So inside of that, the spirit-led mission is to come and die. Yeah. 
Now, AA, they have to get in AA and stay in AA because you need your AA group. And as long as I get together and we give each other's coins, but I, the only reason I don't drink is because I got to go to AA on Tuesday morning, but I'm never going to outgrow going to AA because I got a disease and I have to be around my people and I need this program to hold me together. God said, well, if you would die to that lie, <laughs> you'd be free. Yeah. And I've lived that. In other words, I've, I've gone through the addiction right. and been shown, no, the problem is not a mental thing. The problem is a heart thing. Right. If you would fall in love with me and die to who you thought you were, we could start a whole new journey with me leading you. And then you can enter into however many man-centered programs you want, cast the truth of who I am, and the Spirit will call those that are mine unto me. Right. And it's a platform of opportunity, but it's definitely not going to save you. It's like the law. Right, yeah. If there was yeah, a law yeah. that could save you, then Jesus didn't have to come to make that profession to call those that are his unto himself. Right. But when you lift him up, it'll pull them out of that game. Mm -hmm. um, churches that are man-centered around programs, spirit-led believers that have been changed inside the congregation can use that stage for the gospel. You run away those individuals and you just depend on the programs, mm -hmm. it can destroy what you're doing for the kingdom. Right. So with with getting into kind of how that looks inside of the church, what would a church look like that was operating based off of spirit led mission in today's times? Would we be different from the church example that we see in Acts? Or would we be like the church in Acts? We would have the same spirit. I don't know that the application would be the same until the culture is the same. So mm. if you see the white evangelical fascists that we are now being called, uh, white heterosexual Christians are now fascists inside yeah. of college. I mean, that's like Imagine literally that. that. I literally have the news clippings from that. However, if that oppression continues and we become outcasts, then yes, you'll see those believers become a community just like Acts, and they will sell everything they have as a community and live together off of what they have because of who they are. But the culture has to put them in that situation, and that's where we, we blossom underneath persecution because mm -hmm. it forces us out of being in the world but not being of the world. Right. You, well, fine, we're not even in the world, and, 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 and it's God's will for us to not be in the world because, once again, Romans 13 says you, you don't see a president that God didn't allow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't see anything happen that took God by surprise. So as the culture continues to get more and more secular, you may see the, the, the Christian, the true Christian church, um, revert back to having to sell everything because they love the community and, and pulling resources. Yes, I could see that happen. Well, you've seen a lot of it. I would say you've seen a lot of it just based solely off the number of people that have pulled their children from school and gone back to the homeschooling format. You've seen a huge uptick in, smaller community like homeschool group children where they get together and they're operating under a different curriculum because it's warring against what they believe. And I, and I, I honestly believe that God's using it for our benefit to kind of give, let us, let us literally put our fingers on the pulse of where we're at and what we say, because if, if we truly are Christians and we truly say that we belong to God, well, he's going to put us in situations where we, we, the rubber's going to meet the road and we have to either, Walk out what we say that we believe, or we are going to be, we're going to be known when someone looks at you and says, hypocrite, you're going to have to say amen, because that's the truth of it. Because you say one thing, but you do another, which is also a little fun fact I want to throw out to everybody that Jesus is actually credited with coming up with the word hypocrite.
because he actually understood what the true meaning of, of being a hypocrite was. He saw straight through you. He saw these people that came and did these things and, and declared themselves to be righteous and put these giant symbols on themselves and wanted the best seats and all of those things. And we, we see that and he looks at me and says, you're whitewashed tombs. You've made all, you've made all these other rules so you can exalt yourself, but really you're not doing anything that God commanded. I'm not breaking any law because I'm perfectly operating the way for in, in the function that God sent me. My father sent me to keep the law and make a way for the people that want to come and die. That was the, that's the invitation. You have to lay down what you've thought before the psyche life. Like you're talking about when you, read inside of scripture it's not talking about the bio bio life it's talking about your mind and what you think so at the end of the day what it boils down to is is we need to be lining up in our psyche life with what christ and god are desiring for the church and the biggest thing in your mind is your choice correct you know your your body it already says that your body has its own desires but you have the choice in your mind so to lay down your choices People are choosing to not have the things that other people have so that they can homeschool their children because right. they don't want to sacrifice their children for the things that they would be earning yes. in comparison. Right. So they have a choice. It's not worth it now. Right. Um, throughout history, we're either in Isaiah's time period or Jeremiah's time period, and that just means we're either headed into judgment yeah. or it's too late. Judgment's already on top of us. So as as believers, mm-hmm. these are the tremors, the beginning of the earthquake, the beginning of birth pains that God calls his remnant to realize, you know that this can't be sustained. Right. You know that it's a broken system. Right. We've paid people more money than they were being paid at their job they worked at to stay at home for long periods of time to become dependent on the government instead of God. Right. It's going to be judged. Mm-hmm. And if you are my children, you are to go through it. So Isaiah 6, where we're going to be tonight at church, yep. it says it's pretty much going to be a tenth of mine are going to survive it. And they're going to be like this stump that's just been burned over and over and over so that there'll be this little sprig of hope that comes out. But the tenth that live there, yeah, they're going to be the ones that got charred over and over and over. So when the nation gets judged, you will too, mm-hmm. but you'll be doing it for him. And others, right? Instead of it being against you, and it just being the beginning of hell, mm. and that's that. Oh, that's the. But I mean, we have to. You have to wake up and realize that it is that it is coming. I mean, we've the the platform that the United States operates on has. I don't think we've ever been this far without it falling in in history. I think that the way that it's built up. I mean, eventually we're like like Rome, where you're talking about when you were laying out Daniel 7 and Revelation and the, and the way that that entails and everything that America is basically the common modern-day Rome now. I mean, we're the, the Internet, we're the information highway, everything, because all, all roads led to Rome. We, we are that now, and because we don't have that common enemy, we turn on each other and begin and have begun to eat ourselves from within, and now you're starting to see that the people that are going that are going to be blamed right now at the forefront is heterosexual white white males who are Christians who associate with the the Christian faith and that's just the beginning of it what I I'm having a really I'm I'm struggling with a lot of people in saying you know if you actually look at 
the law that God that God gives, most people who don't even believe will say, I don't even really have a problem with what Jesus teaches. But yet, for some reason, because it wars with the choices of others, well, the only way to the only way that we can truly be free to choose would be to eradicate the ones who say that this isn't right. So, yes, go ahead, exalt yourself, put yourself on a pedestal. But if you think for one second that the majority won't turn on you to find a new enemy to destroy, you're deceiving yourself. And it all started with, and it all started with that deception of you not being willing to sit down and be led by the Spirit, and be able to have a conversation and put that inside of tension to understand the right relationship that God desires for us. But with all that being said, what can we take away from this conversation to not tear at the seams of the bride, but build each other up and unite in spirit and in truth? That if you're born again and receive the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what kind of system that you get in. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got hard times or good times. It doesn't matter what the future holds. Right. The past is proven that God is faithful. Amen. That you do have a ultimate purpose that you ought to be striving towards, and that's to be prepared to stand and proclaim that we do not wage war against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the things that are actually at war. And that is why is the attack that it is. Mm -hmm. Find ways to reach into any program. Find ways to reach into man-centered hearts because that happens to be the lost, right? which is our mission. Yes. Um, and find a way to minister to that. On that mission, find a way to be a ministry unto the lost so that they can form new habits and fall in love with Christ. Christ never said, oh, and go do this. He said, come spend some time with me. Come follow me. Yeah. Come be with me. So it's about inviting people that are different than you to trust you enough to have long-term relationship with you. And you got me started on the end time stuff, so we need to close. Because, I mean, I'll, uh, yes. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to. I just thought it was extremely interesting, but also at the same time, too. You don't hear a lot of people bringing to this to the to the forefront. You see a lot of people inside of these programs saying we need to change the way that we think so we can be more inclusive where we don't even realize that what we're doing is moving, agreeing and moving further away from God and more into the man, the man centered program, the, the big, you know, um, the, the bigger man's man centered program and, and that. What we're going to do is we're basically going to surrender every every right that we have for the sake of someone else's comfort, but really that's when it all goes back to like I've like we've been saying this whole conversation that if you think for one second that giving up your right means that you're not going to suffer, you're you're going back to deceiving yourself again. I mean, suffering comes one way or another. Now, the difference is with God in you you're not suffering for no reason. It's all it's all for a reason. It's all for a purpose. But my encouragement to everyone would be to remember Matthew 10. Don't don't fear the one who can destroy the body. You fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul. And that's what that would be my encouragement that if it's if it is for God and if that's what we're supposed to be doing is living our lives to please to please God out of the out of grateful hearts for everything that he's done for us then yeah, not everybody, not everybody's going to receive the message, but 
even in the Roman times, I know before they switched, they actually made Christianity their umbrella of what they believed. One of the reasons that they did that was so many people that they martyred were peaceful when they were taken to be burned at the stake. And they were like, well, I mean, this is a terrible image. We're killing all these people and they're just, they're just okay with it. They're willing to lay down their lives. And it's like, yes, because that's the mission. And now it's been corrupted over time where it's turned into, it's all about your, your comfort and your security. But really it's like that wars against what, what the mission was from the very beginning, the one that paved the way for us. He came and he died so that we could do it also. And there's no other greater there's no other greater thing that you can do than to be martyred. I think Bonhoeffer said that. And I mean that was his thing and you know, so even looking at it that way, how many people would say, I would love to be martyred? I mean, how many people have that heart where they would where they, they love God so much that they'd be willing to be made an example out of, if you will, because it doesn't matter because I know where I stand with God. You mean Christ like? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so like throughout time, the church has run into plagues and said, I'll give up my life to be able to be of service of those that are dying because I'm ready to go home. Right. Whereas we have something that's got a 99.98% survival rate like and all the Christians are like, let's close the doors to the churches. We don't know what to do. And it's like, well, God is testing his church first right? as he allows things to happen around us. And it's all an opportunity for conversation as, as, as we engage those that are around us. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. We just want to be able to sit down and have conversations with people because they're very it's it's important and it needs to happen. We don't need to be afraid if god is if God is in you, then you should be able to have those conversations and not be afraid of it because you know where you stand with God and you're living it out every single day. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close on out of here? He shakes his head. No, so we thank you for joining us on this episode. Of the podcast, we hope that you have uh, taken away information that will help uh, help you, that will help you, and it will challenge what you believe for the benefit of growing in our walk with God. And if you would like to support this ministry, you can join us on Patreon. We're at Patreon.com/slash/FaithFleshedOut. You can make a donation. Where um, we would love some input on kind of tiers that we could implement, or what if you'd like to see um, some what teaching series you would like to be a part of, or uh, Pastor Eric reads a lot of books, so if we want, there's a he could kind of get inside of like a book study that would be cool because he, man, just he's blown my mind with several books and his insight and the things that God shows him. And God has been faithful and started to open my eyes to him as I've poured in time with that as well. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Faith Fleshed Out. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can contact contact us at our email faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Once again, that is faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Thank you, Brother Eric, for sitting down and talking with me today. Uh, We love y'all. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. We'll see y'all next time.